to the Splash of Sass podcast. I'm your host, Amy Quinley. This is the unofficial Jeff Lewis Live after show. And yes, Jeff needs an after show, okay? He's pushing out five hours of fresh content every single week. Every single week. What other show is doing that? I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch, but (laughs) the majority do one hour a week, like Below Deck Sailing Yacht, which I need to talk about really quick, really quick. And if it's your first time here, just know I don't ruin spoilers for anybody. I'm not talking about the big shit. I'm going to rip apart the little details and we're going to have a fucking laugh about it. All right. So on Below Deck Sailing Yacht this week, the guests were kind of hungover. And John, the primary, when they go to sit down for breakfast, he goes, I think I have to get a Bloody Mary. What's it called? The Tale of the Cat? <gasps> what? The Tale of the Cat? Now, guys, I'm sure he was being facetious because it's obviously the hair of the dog. Tale of the Cat is hands down 20 times funnier than Hair of the Dog. I am never using Hair of the Dog ever again. From now on, forevermore, it shall be Tale of the Cat. Tomorrow morning, I'm making myself a mimosa just so I can eat some... Eat? Just so I can have some tail of the cat. Actually, you know what? Every morning I have tail of the cat because my cat fucking shoves its body into my face. It sits on top of me while I'm sleeping. Now, when this same guest John was packing, again, he was the primary. He was kind of like the all-American frat guy. Almost like Randall Emmett-esque, but minus the Randall scandal part of it. Just like that kind of, hey, party, like, I don't know. They just like, where's the beer bong? You know, like those kind of guys. So anyways, when when John's packing, he comes up with a song because during the episode, he had Captain Glenn wear his chain his action, not like the anchor chain. I mean, the chain around his neck. It was some like silver, gold chain, whatever. And so John's packing up his chain and he <laughs> he's singing to himself. My name is John. I'm on a boat. My chain's so heavy, it hurt my throat. Yo, get that man a record fucking deal. That was the best thing I have ever heard in my life. It was amazing. I hope they invite him onto the reunion and he can do a freestyle there. Now moving on to Summer House. So in this one scene, it's nighttime. Kyle's climbing drunk as a skunk into bed. And (laughs) he says... As he's climbing into bed, Amanda's passed out, sleeping like a little angel, and he goes, Hi, Amanda. Why do you twist your body in the weirdest way? Like, what the fuck? And Amanda snaps up, like, Dude, why do you wake me up every fucking night? It's so rude. I was sleeping. I was sleeping. And Kyle's like, Your neck looked broken. Your neck looked broken. And I was just cackling to myself on the couch. It was just such a fair drunken fight. Like, 
One of them is drunk and passed out sleeping soundly. Who the fuck ever wants to be woken up? And the other one is drunk and thinks the other one has a broken neck. Of course you're going to wake them up. What if her neck was broken? Oh, it was great. It was classic. All right. So moving on to the May 16th episode of Jeff Lewis Live. We had Matt Rogers. We had Megan Weaver. And we had Shane Douglas. So. The Writers Guild is on strike, and Matt Rogers today is going to join the front picket lines. You go, girl. Just said he'd only go if they served alcoholic drinks there. So fair. So fair. Matt says that people pregame the picket. Pregame the picket. Pregame the picket. That's my chant for the day. I would not only pregame, but I would also bring a reusable water bottle to act like I'm staying hydrated and I'm so environmentally friendly at the same time. But really, it's just a way to drink my margarita incognito. Also, like sometimes to restaurants, I want to do that. I just want to bring a hydro flask because it's like, and I swear I'm not an alcoholic. I'm just a chump, okay? I'm just a cheap ass chump because it's like, why do I have to go to a restaurant, pay $15 for a fucking Paloma, which is so fucking delicious, by the way, tequila, grapefruit juice, soda water, and a splash of lime, add some basil if you want to be fancy. And so it's like, I can make that at home for $5, but instead I have to go spend 30 on one out at a restaurant like no no let's just normalize turning every single restaurant into a byob okay that is my solution i love it so at the strike matt will be chanting lots of chanting goes on at picket lines and matt says he doesn't feel natural doing the chants that's his least favorite part basically You are talking to the wrong girl, Matt. I literally fucking love a chant. Like, okay, growing up, say you're carrying the food to the dinner table. The mashed potatoes made it safely there at their destination. And then you're carrying the hot bowl of delicious gravy, the cherry on top to the whole meal. And you trip and splash the gravy everywhere, everywhere, everywhere in the room, except on the plates where it's supposed to be. What? is more hilarious than your entire family pointing at you and yelling, shame, 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 because you should be shamed. How fucking dare you? Are you joking? No, leave the house right now. Go out, use your resources, go to a restaurant, go to the store, do whatever you have to do. You don't get to come back in this house until you have a fresh, hot bowl of gravy with you, okay? If you ruin something, you leave and you can't come back until you fix it, okay? It's almost as bad as if you're supposed to bring something and you just show up without it, but don't tell anybody. Like, you're supposed to bring the ice and then you get there and you're like, oh shit, sorry, I forgot. And it's like, then leave. Leave, go back and get the fucking ice. Like you're not, you don't get to come and ruin the good time for everybody. Oh my gosh. This is why I don't host parties. (laughs) Everyone would be scared to come over just like they probably are at the Lewis household. All right. So Jeff thinks that Matt is going to pick it one day and then the next day get a job as a writer and cross the picket line. Like basically like, oh, today it's great to be a picketer, but tomorrow I need to work. So excuse me, folks, which guys, if you did not know this, Matt lets everybody know you are never, ever supposed to cross a picket line. You guys, 
I did not fucking know that, okay? They did not teach me this in school, all right? I did not know that was a fucking rule. I've never heard of such a thing. Who teaches you things in life? Like, who teaches you these things? I get your parents, maybe, but, like, they can't teach you everything. There should be a fucking adult life handbook. I swear, it's just never been written, and this is not a great time to write it now that all the writers are on strike. But once they are back, what is it, like, the idiot's guide to what? A, the idiot's guide to adulting? Can that be a thing? Please, I'm putting that out there, manifesting that, because I will be the first one to buy it. Now, the picket line I... <laughs> The picket line I happened to cross. <laughs> you guys, it was at Stop and Shop. <laughs> it's not funny. I support the Stop and Shop employees very much so. But again, I had no idea. So I thought it was like when you're supporting a politician and you're on the corner and you're holding signs and we beat to show our support. Like when I walked up to them, I thought they just needed a smile and a wave of my support. So I literally fucking smile and waved at them as I was crossing their picket line, not knowing I was breaking society's law. Oh my God, the looks they gave me. It all makes sense now. I was like, dang, maybe I'm just in the wrong part of town, like that Korean restaurant that we will get to later in this episode. Circle back. So if you ever see a bunch of picketers outside, just don't, don't leave them alone. And the worst part is there was another grocery store right across the street that wasn't picketing. Like I could have gone to that one. It had the same exact shit. I just didn't know. I, again. Who teaches you these things? All right, moving on. The cabinet guy that worked with Carrie, Megan, Jeff, a bunch of them, you guys, he died, girl. No, it's not. Rest in peace. Oh my gosh, no, a million times over. He has a family and everything and sending prayers and love. Now, there was some turmoil the night before today's episode because when Jeff got the text, he was first concerned about saying I'm sorry and all of that. But then his second concern <laughs> immediately after was about getting his money back on a $10,000 deposit for some cabinets. So at first I thought, I mean, that is a lot of money to go to waste. And that could buy me Jen Green's Audi. Okay. Audi. Aud I, I do this every time. Audi, Audi. I don't fucking know. Amy and Audi. Audi? I don't know. But Jeff, if you do get that money back, can you just give it to Jen for me? And then I'll just take the car real fast. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. So then Megan drops the bomb that Jeff asked about getting his money back to the cabinet guy's widow. Oh my God. Oh my God, Jeff. I thought it was a fucking internal chump text. I had no idea that the cabinet guy widows was on the, no, no, unacceptable. Megan was disengaging. We all need to disengage with Jeffrey at this point. Jeffrey, you can't, macaroons won't even cover this one. You got, you got some shit to work out inside that little heart of yours. All right. And we are here for you. In the meantime, because the cabinet guy died while paragliding, which is a whole other thing. Did he have a go 
um, a GoPro on his head. I'm always just fascinated by this stuff. Sorry, that's probably inappropriate to ask. Again, I'm telling you, I'm mini Jeff. I'm, we'll both go to reform school together and then do a podcast about it. So Matt drops the bomb that in order to seem straight around his high school friends, he went skydiving. Sky- I just love it because I can just picture like a group of a bunch of high school boys and it's like, yo, bro, let's jump off that bridge. No, bro, let's jump off that giant roof into that pool. No, bro, let's go fucking jump out of a plane. Yeah. And they all like rip their shirts off and then Matt just like, yeah, woohoo. And like picks his shirt off carefully and folds it up neatly and doesn't want it to wrinkle. So... I totally understand what Matt's saying, though. Like when you just want to, you know, you're young and you're like, I want to be cool and fit in, whatever, do that shit. I used to do that with roller coasters and I'd be like, yes, I love roller coasters. No, I don't. I fucking hate that shit. My head gets bobbled around. I I don't like it. I don't. I feel like my head went through a car wash and it did not come out clean. It just came out jumbled. Okay. Also, I feel like for us girls, when we were growing up, being adventurous was like, yeah, I guess I'll go to her party, even though I don't really like her. And it's like, I'm stepping outside of my comfort zone. And then for the boys, it's like, let's jump out of a plane. Sure. My brother swallowed a goldfish alive in college. So I very much understand the straight male energy that likes to do weird shit. Honestly, I'm surprised my brother didn't end up on Jackass, but Steve-O, he did just do a first pitch at some baseball game, and he lit the ball on fire. It was a fucking fireball. Cute pitbull. Dun, 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 fireball. Woo! All right. So, Jeff mentions that when he was in Cancun, there was a bunch of parasailers. We got paragliders, skydivers, parasailers, parasailers. A pair of sailors. No, they're parasailers. One word. So Jeff's done this before, but he doesn't want to do it again because of sharks. Fair enough. He also said that he can't die because too many chumps rely on him and his payroll. Hi, hello. That's me. Hopefully more so in the future. Plus in Cancun, Jeff watched one kid's rope break while he was parasailing and he smashed into the water. SOS. What the fuck? You guys, this happened to me. Not the rope break, but a parasailing terror incident from hell. So we were in Aruba. I was 10 years old. I went up with my mom. Was she my first choice of buddy system? Hell fucking no. But that's where the cards fell that day. That wasn't the only thing to fall that day because when we were up in the sky, parasailing the day away, Beautiful views of Aruba Islands, all of that. And I'm like, Mom, why are we going down? And she was like, We're not, we're not. And I was like, No, Mom, why are we going down into the water right now? You guys, I kid you not, the fucking boat stopped its engine so it could drop off new people onto our boat. And my mom and I slowly glided down right into the open fucking water. Now, we had about a 30-foot rope attached to us from the boat, so we're about 30 feet from the boat, sitting in open, deep, Arubian waters. No, 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 no. That was genuinely one of the scariest moments of my life. 
actually the only good thing is knowing that my mom was by my side because I know I could swim faster than her. So if the shark was hungry, I would just shove her towards them, all the sharks and distract them with her. And then I could just swim, swim, swim in the clear to the boat. So no sharks came, but I would just suggest if you ever go parasailing, clarify with your instructor beforehand. Hi, can you please not stop while I'm midair? Thank you so much. Okay, so Matt also talks about the sharks in Long Island. They're all over the place, you guys. They are all over the place. They're all over the Cape. We go to Cape Cod a lot. I accidentally swam with the sharks because there were seals all around us. And we're like, oh my God, how cute. We're swimming with seals. They're like 10 feet away from us. All of a sudden, all the lifeguards come running out with their whistles. Out of the water, out of the water. Why are there so many seals there? Oh, right. Because the sharks were about to go into a feeding frenzy. You can't even enjoy life anymore. Like, what the fuck? Why haven't we come up with shark spray? Like some type of repellent that sharks fucking hate or a noise that drives them crazy. Like, where's the shark study scientists? We need to get some more shark studies going on, okay? That is just my advice for the day. So Jeff attended Tori Spelling's birthday party last night. Her mom, Candy Spelling, organized it. And Candy also dropped the bomb that the song, I want candy, dun, 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 is written about her because she was dating the songwriter at the time. And Jeff says, oh, that little Bow Wow song or whatever. Jeff, Jeff, do not fucking put disrespect on Aaron Carter's name like that, especially because he suffered the same fate as the cabinet guys, but, uh, but just not paragliding. And sorry, rest in peace to both of them. So that is Aaron Carter. I just need to clear that up. Now, Matt and Jameson started singing remixes to it. Like, I want Matt. Uh, it felt very pitch perfecty, Like a real sing-off freestyle battle was about to go down. And I would have fucking loved that shit. I wish that we did that instead of the game. So Jeff gorged out on the gourmet food last night, a gourmet gorge which of course made him freak out over his body this morning. Body shaming himself, classic, our favorite way to wake up. So for breakfast, he kept it super light, ate half a bagel with a carton of cream cheese. No, I'm sure it was just a scoop of cream cheese that he didn't have enough bagel left to eat all the cream cheese. So he used a spoon to finish the cream cheese. You guys, you guys. Unpopular opinion, I don't give a fuck, but no cream should ever be eaten with a spoon. I'd go as far to say no condiments ever. Like my mom used to do that with mayo, mayonnaise. Just take the jar, grab a spoon, have a snack. Fucking nasty, nasty, but especially cream. I don't care if it's cream cheese, sour cream, coffee cream, dick cream. Never with a spoon. Never with a spoon. Only with your mouth, people, okay? Only with your mouth. And if you aren't comfortable eating those above items with your mouth in public, then you shouldn't be doing it in the first place, okay? Does that make sense? Probably not. Welcome to Splash of Sass. <laughs> so back to Tori Spelling's birthday party. 
Jeff thinks that politics are into play with the party seating chart because Jenny Garth was sitting at the end of the table. Now, when Jeff first started talking about Jenny, I thought he meant Jenny McCarthy. So in my head, I was like, oh, she's so bubbly. Yeah, I guess that would be weird if she was quiet, whatever. But Jenny Garth, oh, she's such an icon. Just let her be, whatever. She was in that sitcom with Amanda Bynes. What I like about you, I believe. Oh my God. I miss Amanda. Amanda, 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 Amanda show. So Jeff is questioning the strength of Tori and Jenny's friendship because Jenny was seated all the way at the end of the table while Jeff stole the show front and center with all our favorite Bravo lebs. Now, I bet that Jenny asked specifically to be seated away from the masses. Like, first of all, I totally would. The chill people sit in the back of the bus and at the end of the tables, okay? That's us. We watch everybody in the middle make a fool out of themselves. And we just comment on you guys from the sidelines the whole time. It's great. It's like dinner and a show. Dinner and a show. Plus, it's like the aisle row on the airplane. Sitting at the end of the table, that's a quick exit. Easy bathroom access. Nobody notices if you disappear real quick to smoke a little weed in the side yard, okay? It truly is the optimal choice. And I think, if anything, it reflects how strong Tori and Jenny's friendship is that they can sit on opposite sides of the table and make nonverbal eye contact with each other and be like, look at all of these fools. I love them. Okay, now Jeff was woken up last night by rat sex. Rat sex. And I am not talking about thoughts of his exes, Gage and Scott, hooking up. But I'm bumped. But that is also rat sex. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Um, but for real, Jeff thinks there's rats in his walls. Jeff, do you remember how Carney got rid of the rats in her car engine? Wasn't it bounce dryer sheets? Can you cut open some walls and just like stuff a bunch in? To me, that seems like the most practical solution for sure. Megan reports on some breaking Sesame Street news. I'm so glad I tuned into Jeff Lewis Live today so I could learn about Sesame Street. But there is a new Filipino Muppet. We love inclusivity. I guess Jeff Lewis reported before on a Korean Muppet at one point which made them bring up the story again. And this is where we talked about the Korean restaurant, how Megan did not like Korean barbecue or that specific restaurant, whatever. It's okay, Megan. You're allowed to not want to go to a restaurant. Now, I just want to say that we have a Korean restaurant in a very, very nice part of town. And guys, what this restaurant does is fascinating to me. And I love it so much. I wish that every single restaurant in the world did this. Okay, what they do is first of all, all their prices are reasonable. Again, it's in a nice location, beautiful decor, amazing food, reasonable prices, and they build the tip, gratuity, into their prices. So they have a little asterisk on their menu that lets you know you do not need to tip your servers because first of all, we pay them well. And second of all, we account for a tip in the prices on the menu, which again are very fair. And I just fucking love that. I love, it's the same as no tax, you know? It's like, just tell me what the fucking price is. Why is everything a game in life? Everything is a game. So speaking of that, Jeff is trying to play the game of how to lose the most weight in the shortest amount of time. So at the end of the episode, a caller called in to give Jeff a recommendation to lose his four pounds of a water enema. 
order a water enema, stick water up your ass and shit for an hour. And then I guess you say skinny all day. Now, I've heard of enemas, never a water enema, but Jeff, if you want to go above and beyond and have your tux be loose on you, fuck fitting into this. Let's have this shit fall off of you, okay? You can get one of those plastic sweatsuit, what's it, a sauna suit, a sauna suit, Google sauna suit, and go run some fucking hills. Go take Toby and run some hills, put in some work, okay? I swear, oh my God, Between, but actually do that before the enema, because I think after you shit everything out of your system, you're not going to have any energy to <laughs> run up the hills. <laughs> I could just picture him like six in the morning, like trying his best after like not eating for 48 hours straight and just tumbling back down the hill and us finding him in a little crumple pile. And, and then Jenny Garth drives by and she's like, Oh my God, Jeff, do you need a ride? And he's like, yes, please. And she's like, fuck you, bitch. So Matt Rogers is guest hosting reality checked for a week at the end of July. Jeff is so excited, so excited to have all of his friends in the studio. Oh my gosh. He even offered to work from home so that Matt could use his studio as a makeup room to get ready. Just kidding. Jeff actually for once in his life, for once in his life offered to work from home just so he doesn't have to see all of these chumps that are now getting new jobs at Sirius. But Jeff, great karma for you. Great karma. You're showcasing people's talents and they are just thriving even more. So I hope I get some of the magic. Ew. Honestly, Jeff probably just wants to work at home so he can keep an eye on what the fuck Toby is eating all day. Oh my God. <laughs> Jeff is going to do this water enema and him and Toby are both going to be having diarrhea at the exact same time. Like father, like son. That's so cute. That's so cute. All right, everybody. Personally, I am not trying to lose four pounds in the next 48 hours. So I'm going to go shove my fucking face with some buffalo cauliflower waiting ever so patiently for me. I must give it my full attention. So while I'm shoveling that down, can you please super fast follow me at Splash Assess Podcast on Insta. Subscribe wherever you listen. I love you for life. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye. Splash. Splash, splash. Splash, splash. Splash, splash.